0: To Simmering Thoughts, where hosts Ryan Akers and Chris Dean lift the lid and sample slow-cooked thinking on Christian life and theology. This week, specifically, faithfulness as a fruit of the Spirit. We are continuing the series on the fruit of the Spirit, beginning a conversation about faithfulness with a special guest host who you'll hear about just in a moment. We'd like to invite you to look us up on your favorite podcast catcher and give us a rating and a review if you could. We also encourage you to look us up on Twitter, Facebook, and on our website. Settle in for Simmering Thoughts. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever wilt be. Great is thy faithfulness. Today on Simmering Thoughts, we're going to be talking about faithfulness. That song is talking about God's faithfulness, and we'll spend some time on that. We're also going to talk about what faithfulness looks like in the life of a believer and what it should look like within the life of the church. Today, I do not have my normal co-host with me. Instead, I have Michael Coglin, and I'm going to let him introduce himself a little bit more, other than to say he is a neighbor. State to me uh, he's from Ohio, and I'm of course from Indiana, so Michael, welcome to the Midwest Fun here on simmering thoughts.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. It is a pleasure to be here, and I have uh never met you in person, but I have hung out with Chris, and I love both you brothers.
0: We are glad to have you here, just so folks can understand what is it that that you do in and around ministry. I know you have some specific interesting ministries that you're involved with. Uh, that always fascinate me when I hear about it, uh, especially around sporting events I hear.
1: Yes, I first and foremost am a husband and a father and a child of God, and I take care of my home and try to love my wife the way that I ought to, according to the scripture, and try to raise some godly children, teach them the, uh, the way to go. And when I get out of the house. I have a local church that we're actually going to right now, going for membership classes, and we're pretty excited about this church that we're getting ready to join. We had been in a, at another church for about a decade, and through the course of some events, we, we realized we needed to move on, and so this has been a season of change for us. and. So as far as ministry goes, it's been a very busy time of moving and selling a house recently and things like that, so I haven't done as much going out as i like to, but my one of the main things I do, uh, for, this will be the third year in a row, is I will go to every Ohio State Buckeyes home game, and I will preach the gospel for couple hours before or after as the crowd moves from their their cars to the game or as people leave the game and go to their cars and i bring as big a crew as i can with me sometimes there's two of us sometimes there's 12 of us and we just try to get the gospel to as many people as we can and be available to people to talk to to minister to to pray with or pray for uh, whatever makes sense at the time and uh... then I've also been to the Big Ten Championship game for the same the same deal, but it's a, it's a it's a little longer drive, it's Indianapolis. That's where I've met Chris a couple times. Yep. And we just spend the whole day preaching to big crowds of people and getting the gospel to as many people as we can. That is it's a, it's a lot of fun. I've always liked sports. Yeah, I kind of enjoy seeing people dressed up for their team and yep. Usually you go to a sporting event, people are in a good mood, they're happy that they're happy to be going. At least before the game. Uh, and right? so sure. <laughs> well, in Ohio State most people are happy leaving too, but that's a good point. But what you end up with is you end up with some people who are generally in a good mood. And and we just have a lot of fun with them. People are I mean people are fun. People are enjoyable. Uh you know in 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 some sense the fact that we all bear God's image people are are lovable in that sense yeah um, you know I understand the total pravity and all those things but, but you know I, you can enjoy people for who they are even uh when they're sinners i uh, and and uh, not yet sanctified at all by by having saved you can talk to a person who is living in sin and they still have a story they still have a life where you know they have some memory of their parents they have some memory of college or their children they have they have uh, ups and downs they've been through and and you can have a lot of fun just getting to know people if you open yourself up to that i think uh
0: that's something i don't necessarily do a great job of i struggle with uh uh getting to know and getting to open up in some circumstances in the bigger the crowd the harder it is for me uh, i do okay with uh with the smaller settings I struggle a little bit in bigger crowds just because I'm I want to soak in everything and I want to listen uh it's it's harder for me to engage a little bit sometimes but uh, that is a fantastic thing and and I I'm always encouraged seeing your posts uh and how that works out and and seeing what it looks like because where I live there aren't enough people there are more people in one small parking lot at Ohio State than live in my town so it's a little bit different world. Uh, so. But at the same time, we do want to thank you for coming on and, and joining us for for Simmering Thoughts tonight. We are going to look at faithfulness. We've already read Great is Thy Faithfulness is a Hymn. And most folks know, at least the ones that are probably listening to this podcast, they know that that comes out of the Book of Lamentations. and I, And I wanted to start there. I think more just because we've as we've gone through the fruit of the spirit as a series we've we've looked at all of them through the lens of that the fruit of the spirit are reflecting who God is and they tell us what God has done for us and he, and it's a promise to us as well at the same time and this one I think especially so and as I was looking through uh the chapter in Lamentations that this comes from in Lamentations 3 it the, the chapter starts off with Jeremiah saying, I have seen the affliction under the rod of God's wrath. And man, that is a, that's a heavy statement right there. And the first two thirds of the chapter is just, or I guess the first half of the chapter is just really heavy. And uh, it gives that sense of depression that lamentations in the, the calling out and the, just the the woe is me type feel of, of what's going on there. And it's, it's a, it's an appropriate place of woe is me because it's, he's recognizing the appropriateness of the situation he's in. And it, it gets to the point where we get to uh, verse 16 to 18. He's talking about being deprived of peace and forgotten uh, of, of having uh, his prosperity and his future lost and his hope has, has lost in his mind. But then we get, there's a flip after verse 18, as we move to verse 19, Uh, and as we continue just a little bit further, he starts to remember, and then he starts to call to mind the past, call to mind God's faithfulness. And then by the time we get to verse 22, it's totally turned, and we get, because of the Lord's faithful love, we will not perish, for his mercies never end. They're new every morning, great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion, therefore I will put my hope in him. And it continues on as we get to verses 25 to 27. And we start to see the Lord is good to those who wait for him and to the person who seeks him. And then the the verse that really gets me for faithfulness, verse 26, it is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. And I, I think sometimes we think of faithfulness as activity a lot for us as a definition of what faithfulness looks like to the Christian. I think in our minds, we want to think of activity. I think that's our works tendencies coming out. But I think this verse puts it really clearly that that it is good to wait quietly for the Lord. And I think a lot of our faithfulness is is demonstrating our trust in his promises and in in who he is and waiting on him. And it, it goes on. It's good for a man to bear the yoke while he's still young. And I think there we're we're looking at the idea of waiting on the Lord and taking on the Lord's yoke.
1: Ryan, when you when you said it's good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord, and I, I thought of Second Peter three, verse we'll say eight and nine, where Peter says, do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. And in verse 9, he says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And, and, you know, this is all based on, you know, I guess verse 4 where the scoffers say, where is the promise of his coming? And I think that that's part of what tests our faithfulness is the fact that he hasn't returned, and we are really holding fast to a, to the belief that he's going to do what he promised, even amidst the scoffing. And so, when you when you read that, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. There's just a real sense that you know, we, we are sitting quietly waiting.
0: I, I was, as I was putting some notes together, we, we were sharing ideas earlier offline and, and or online off, off the mic. And, uh, I had, I had written out a question, how is faithfulness similar and different to patience? We looked at patience a, a few episodes ago as a fruit of the spirit and, and we talked about patience and kind of endurance kind of as the same concept and, uh, so there's, I think there's a, a little bit different function and, and I think there's a different effect of what patience and, and faithfulness play out as, but I'm curious what your thoughts are there before I jump in.
1: Well, my initial reaction to that is, is that faithfulness is, is really, it's the exercise of belief. Uh, so my faithfulness will, in a sense, contribute to my patience. I, I, I cannot even imagine being patient without faith, because what would I be waiting for? And faithfulness, in my expectation, is it it needs to persevere. Momentary faith is is generally worthless, uh, but patience will run out. Um, God's patience at some point, he he will no longer be exercising patience with the wicked. I mean, even the day a person dies... You see that, and so there's just a sense that patience is the ability to withstand insults that you don't deserve, um, even for a period of of time, knowing that one day everything will be made right. And and whereas faithfulness, I think, is more of the exercise of believing that God has promised something that you, you have no evidence to believe at this moment. You don't have any reason or i don't want to say reason you you don't have a visual proof of it at this time yeah. you just believe that god promised it because his word says so
0: kind of kind of the first peter uh, 1 8 though you've not seen him you love him though not seeing him now you you still believe in him exactly. and rejoice because of it It's that faithfulness uh, and and it's it's even it goes on there in verse nine because you're receiving the goal of your faith And so the, 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 the faith is looking forward and the, the patience is almost uh, just sitting still, whereas the faith is looking somewhere else. It seems to me, uh, and as far as a function.
1: It's really why it's really why we still make fun of doubting Thomas. Mm. Right. I mean, it's as though you have not seen him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory in first Peter and, you wonder if he was thinking about Thomas even at the time, this guy who needed to see to believe. And how many of us have you know, had times in our lives when we doubted God, just like Thomas, uh, and the Lord has restored our faithfulness supernaturally, of course, but blessed are those who have will not see and believe is what the lord says to thomas and, and and here he is he's this legendary guy because he doubted yeah and and it's not a good thing
0: yeah and it's interesting how some of the apostles the thing we remember about them isn't always the thing that they ought to be remembered for uh or necessarily not that they ought not be remembered for it but it's not the uh the, the crowning achievement of their faith walk. Uh, you know, you think of Thomas being a doubter, you think of sure. Peter being a failure at several different points, uh, and being so impetuous as you were talking there. And, and as we brought up first Peter, uh, it was something I was going to mention at some point. Uh, I just this last Sunday was able to fill, fill the pulpit for my pastor while he was on vacation. And the, the sermon text I chose was first Peter, from eight, first Peter eight through sec uh through First Peter two eight, one eight to two eight. I actually took a long chunk there. I'm this is only my second time filling in and giving a sermon, so I'm trying to take larger chunks so I don't get lost in weeds. And uh one of the things as I was studying uh, I was initially trying to focus in on just about six or seven verses, and it ended up keep it just kept growing because I noticed that that Peter just keeps hammering this same point of that the the Word of God is revealed, we respond to it with faith, there's redemption, and then that is all rooted in who is God and what he's done and it and it just it's like waves on a beach is the analogy I was using it just keeps coming in, and it's a little bit different take each time uh the first time it's 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 really focusing on salvation and that Christ saves, and then it's that Christ secures, and then it's that Christ uh sorry that Christ shapes us in our faith and then he secures us in himself knowing that then faithfulness becomes a lot easier and the the imperatives the instructions that he gives for us as we go through our life uh are given to us in in a in a way that through our faith then we're able to be faithful through our faith we can be faithful I think that's kind of where faithfulness shows up the easiest. I had written down a, a series of passages elsewhere. Uh, I was thinking of First John, uh, and there's the themes that those who remain, those who walk in the light, those who remain in love and walk in love, keeps coming back as as John writes in circles a little bit. You keep having those themes come back again, and then you have the idea of of walking in First Peter, uh, in chapter one there. That you're to conduct yourselves in reverence, and and that's a, a an aspect of showing out faithfulness. That we're purified by obedience to the truth by faith. Again, there in First Peter, uh, as we think about James and the the hearing and the doing, and then it follows with looking into the law of freedom, and so those things you know, there's they're they're building on that you've heard the word, and that you hold the word, and that you're trying to be faithful to what the word is, is telling you to do to respond to it in faith. And, you know, we, you see held up throughout scripture, both by Paul and and others, uh, Abraham, that he believed to righteousness and he lived in that faith. Uh, and it was the faith that was counted as righteousness, not necessarily his doing of it, but the faith that was the righteousness. And that distinction is so hard to, uh, to come up with and to, to nail down sometimes to where somebody who's not used to listening to it can really function in it. But that idea of that you have the faith is the beginning that gives you the confidence to take the steps to do what you need to do.
1: Absolutely. <clears throat> and, you know, Abraham is our, he's really our example um, of a sinner exercising faith. I guess Jesus is always the example of faithfulness. Uh, but for a sinner, you know, to, you know, Romans four eighteen says, In hope against hope he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, <clears throat> he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb and, and so here he is. He's looking at this old man body and this, this barren wife. And it says, without becoming weak in faith. And then verse 20, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. And then isn't that the, the, the ultimate result is that when when faith causes us to do things, Which is really what you were describing is that that faith, like how we walk as the result. When faith causes us to do something that there's really no earthly reason to do it, it brings glory to God when that faith is based on one of his promises.
0: As we conclude this portion of our discussion about faithfulness, we want to thank you for listening and invite you to tune in next week as we continue the conversation and look specifically at faithfulness in times of struggle and suffering. Please go to your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review and a rating that you think we've deserved. And we pray that you will also contact us through our email, simmeringthoughts at gmail.com, through Facebook or Twitter at SimmerThoughts or on Instagram at Simmering Thoughts. We are excited that we have so many listening and hope you will join us as we continue these conversations. Thanks for listening.